Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. One, two, three, four. You're listening to the Knicks Recap. Your source for all New York Knicks-related content. Uh, also want to give a shout-out. See, we got an NBA writer in here, Mike Scotto. What's good, man? I don't, if you want to come up, you know, give your take, uh, give, give your opinion on what's going on, you know, feel free to request. We'd love to have you up here, man. We love... Love hearing from you in these spaces, bro. Um, but um, if uh, let's see, if we ain't got nobody right now, well, recap. Go ahead, man. Let me hear what you got to say, man. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think we got Mike actually uh, requested. Oh, Mike requested. Okay, yeah. Let me let's bring him up here, Michael. If you come up here talking this trade garbage, bro, I don't want to hear about <laughs> trades, bro. I I'm good, bro. I, that's a fair warning to you before you come. <laughs> No trades. All right, Mike. What's what's going on? Mike, be pretty hard to trade anybody after that deadline, man. I don't know. Mike, do you think that Julius Randle? Because we know we're talking about him. Obviously, going to be reevaluated on the uh, 13th, right? Uh, the expectation, obviously, if he gets reevaluated, we don't know if he's going to play. I mean, a lot of people though in the media has been saying, and obviously with Randle being Iron Man basically all season, playing every game, I can't see him sitting out of a uh, a playoff hunt that we're going to get into with Cleveland. Do you see him uh, being ready for the uh, first round on April 15th or 16th whenever they play the first game? I mean, that injury didn't look that great when I saw it on on film. But, I mean, if anybody could do it, it's him. I mean, look, anybody I talk to in the Knicks always says that he's the toughest guy on a team along with Jalen. Like, those are the two guys they uh, signal out. Single out, excuse me. Tongue twister. Um I would expect him to give it his all and, and try to play. I think he knows that if they're going to have a real shot, especially against kind of, for lack of a better phrase, the twin towers of Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, um, they need his offensive ability. And, and in particular, if he can pull uh, Mobley away from the basket, shooting the ball from three, I know that's not like his quote-unquote forte, but he can do it enough to keep the defense respectable and honest. I think that would be a big X factor for them because then it would open up things for for Jalen to get into the paint, into the mid-range, especially to attack if he's got Garland on him. I think he would be able to take him into the post and um, score that way. You know, he he has that that ability in his game that I don't think people really um, talk about enough. So you need Randall's ability to stretch the floor if if they're going to be able to do that and open that up more. Yeah, that's a good point. I definitely agree with you there, Mike, for sure. Yeah, man, I was just going to say, first of all, shout out to Mike uh, for coming on and answering questions. I mean, that's a that's a big thing for him. He doesn't have to do that. And the fact that he uh, comes up here and answers some questions, even any questions, is actually a huge thing. So shout out to you, brother. Really appreciate you, man. Um, yeah, man. So l- listen, uh, numbers for me, right? <laughs> I'm just going to say some numbers. 
five, six, seven, and nine. Grimes, five assists. Hart, seven assists. Toppin, six assists. Manuel quickly, nine assists. That ball was moving, man. That ball was moving a lot. The one thing we can say about Julius Randle not being in the lineup, and you know, maybe it's just me looking at it from the outside looking in, but the ball is moving more freely. A lot of people are touching it more. It doesn't seem like the ball is sticking a lot. Um, you know, everybody's touching that ball, man. Obi Toppin with his assist is sometimes coming from an assist from Emmanuel. Emmanuel finds him in the corner. He passes it to Grimes. Grimes hit a three. It's like a hockey assist in that regard, but it, it works, you know, and they seem to find each other. The cutting, though, the cutting, one of the things we've been talking about with Grimes, he's such a good cutter. When he plays ball and he's going in, in the on the rack, he's getting a pass, he just he, he plays so smart basketball underneath because he'll either find you in the corner if you're open and drive, right? So he'll get you uh, an open corner shot or he'll finish. And you saw it tonight. He'll finish, take contact, and get the end one. Grimes was hell of impressive for me tonight. I think he was in his bag a lot. I think there's even more that he can showcase. Like I said, I think in terms of playmaking, very, very underrated. Underrated uh, passer. Um, I know State don't like this uh, particular take, but for me, it, it makes 100% sense. Next season, given what I'm seeing now, a Jalen Brunson, Emmanuel quickly backcourt is lethal. And if you get Grimes on the bench and you have him, you know, potentially playing some point, maybe playing some two guard, whatever the case may be, whoever he's playing uh, with the bench with, I think that could work a lot. Just like IQ is given time to develop off the bench and showcase his game, I think Grimes would be able to do the same thing. I think if you insert quickly into the lineup, you don't lose the defense, you get a more consistent shooter. I think tonight you saw it as well, too. Quickly can lead a unit. And quickly and Brunson can switch between the one and two. Can you imagine that? Having Brunson play the one and quickly play some of the two and then switching it? And it, clearly you can see Emmanuel quickly knows how to pass that ball. Jalen Brunson has it a career high in assist this season as well, too. And he's only going to get better as he leads this team. I think it just makes uh, – tonight proved it to me without a shadow of a doubt that Emmanuel quickly needs to start. He's going to get paid. And once he gets that contract and gets that money, I know he don't want to come off the bench for the rest of his career. Great, great that he gets six man of the year. He deserved it this year. I think media wise, though, to Scotto's point, you know, I think Boston unfortunately has like the media's eye, and I think Brogdon might get it just because of that. Because the Knicks aren't really, I'm not, I'm not saying they don't cover the Knicks. Obviously, they they see the Knicks and they see what the Knicks are doing. But given the type of trajectory the Knicks have had every type of season compared to the Celtics, who went to the finals last year, I mean, it just looks a little different in terms of the media's eye. I think that's why Brogdon might take it. So also, Brogdon has been playing, you know, pretty pretty well this season as well, too. It's not like he doesn't deserve it either. The problem is, when you look at quickly, right, some of his most craziest games in terms of when he was scoring was when he was starting. And I think that hurts him a little bit because if you look at it, it's like, okay, well, he did great when he started. When he came off the bench, he did good, too. But his some of his high-scoring performance games came when he was a starter. So it, that might sway against him a little bit when it comes to, you know, winning six man in the air. I hope it doesn't. I hope he still takes it. But that's my two cents on it. Um, I don't, I don't think I don't, it should, I don't man. Think the, I don't think my colleagues – just one thing on that, that one point yeah. we made, like for yeah. voters and stuff, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think that would factor in. Because it's all about, like, playing the – because even if he comes off the bench, like, he's playing – a lot of minutes. The the one guy I almost feel like gets slept on a little bit is just Bobby Portis because he's putting up about 14 and 10, and he's one of the double-double leaders. I mean, it, it's very interesting in that regard. But I don't think – just just to that one point, I don't think, like, 
him doing well starting. That, that's not like no voter is going to look at that and go, well, that detracts from him coming off the bench. Now, nah, if anything, you say this guy's really good and he could do it against better competition. I almost think the pendulum swings a little bit the opposite way. But again, that's my opinion. You know, I don't, I can't speak for every, you know, single voter, but he's going to get some first, he'll get some first place votes, you know. And you got to remember too, people in their own market, like, yeah, you know, every team. I can't say like every team, but like generally a team like the Knicks are going to have like a beat writer that votes. You know what I'm saying? So like I'd be shocked if like whichever one of the beat writers gets a vote, don't put him number one. You know what I mean? Like he'll he'll get votes I for, for to be a number one on the ballot for like six men of the year. I, I believe that. It's just going to be a tight race. That's going to be a tight race. MVP is going to be a tight race. Mike Brown, I think, pretty much has Coach Dia locked up. Yeah. Um, you know, so I mean there's, there's some other votes, you know, def- defensive player of the year. I think it's Jaron Jackson or Brooke Lopez, probably. Great. Um, I don't know if I'm missing any other ones, but that's a little preview. Who that. you got for most improved player, actually? That's, that's a good one, because I know Brunson's name's been yeah, brought up that, there, that but I know Larry Markin. I think yeah. – so I think it's going to go – Larry Markin will be one. And yep. then after that, you're looking at – some people are going to vote for SGA. I don't – I would not lean that way just because I think you saw last year, like, how good the kid can be. And he was putting up like 25, 5, and 5 anyway last year. Um, I think, I do think Nick Claxton's going to get some votes. Mikhail Bridges. I definitely think Brunson's going to get votes. Um, But Brunson, I would think, would be more on that. Like, maybe he cracks it as a finalist for third, but I'm honestly not sure. I think some people will vote more SGA for him. And I just want to say one thing this is my philosophy on that award. Like the year that John Morant was quote unquote most improved, I was never under the belief that like that's what the award was for. I always thought that that award, like when you have a guy that's like a number two pick like that, that you expect to be a franchise guy and he elevates to that, I think at least in years past, voters would be like, okay, well, that doesn't, that, that would almost be like a detractor. Now, Years ago when, like, D'Angelo Russell was in the mix, it was because, like, he didn't live up to the hype in L.A., got traded, had had some down years, and then, like, rose with Brooklyn when he was in the mix for that. Same thing with Lowry Markin. Even though Markin was, like, I'm pretty sure he was, like, seventh overall at the time, he bounced around a little bit, went from Chicago, didn't, you know, reach, like, the loftiest of expectations they had, went to Cleveland. It was a, a decent year, but you know, not anything to write home about. Then this year he completely like takes off. He's got, he's averaging, I think over 10 points, maybe probably 11 or 12 compared to what he was last year. That's like a real ascension. To me, you saw that with Shea Gilges, Alexander, you saw like a little bit of that, that glimpse. And the only thing I think that would hurt Jalen's case is he was so good in the playoffs last year. You saw when he started for Luka Doncic, that this guy's got some real potential. And if he ever had a shot to have his own team, like he got this year with the Knicks, that he would continue to ascend with more minutes, um, just like he did with Dallas when he when he shined on the brightest stage in the playoffs against, you know, Donovan Mitchell and them. So um, I, I think that's where it's going to be interesting. I, I think it's going to be Lowry Markinen's award uh, to lose. I think he's going to come out with it, but we'll see in about a – I think the votes go in about a week. What's today? Nah, by Monday. Say like Monday or so. 
You know, I got to actually follow up to that because, you know, uh, um, just in regards to the Brunson and Luca thing, right? Obviously, the Luca thing now is, is making its rounds. Not only what he said about Jalen Brunson, but obviously you heard the comment from Mark Cuban now in terms of uh, blaming Brunson's father for him not resigning. What do you make of, uh, what do you make of all that? Because for me, I, I still put it on Dallas that they could have resigned him before the trade deadline. They waited because I think they opted to kind of see what was else was out there for them to potentially sign and then drop the ball on it. And then at that point, Brunson was playing to a level where the money that they were offering before didn't matter anymore. So do you think it was, uh, do you think his father has a part to play in it? Or do you think that Dallas dropped the ball as soon as they didn't give him that extension or offer that extension right after, um, before the trade deadline happened? I think certainly Dallas should have offered. There's, there's different layers to this. I think one layer was certainly if I was Dallas, I would have offered the full extension because well, first of all, down the line, you projected the cap to go up anyway. And even if he was like, a, it, it wouldn't have been like an untradeable contract. Most guys, if they're going to do an extension at that point, they're either getting that full amount or they're going to do something um, like four for 40, four for 44, something like that anyway. It wasn't that far off anyway. Um, I know for them, obviously, like, you know, there was some luxury tax stuff at the time that they had to look at, but you you rarely lose a guy that's going to be um, that age. You usually are just trying to keep the guy. And then if anything, if you have to move him down the line, you flip it. Look at like when Portland um, matched like Alan Crabb, Miami did Tyler Johnson, like all these guys, teams are more worried about losing the asset for nothing. Uh, obviously with <laughs> like Rick Brunson getting an assistant job with the Knicks certainly helped. Uh, you know, the equation, I, I don't think it could have hurt, but I think like the other elephant in the room that like simply Dallas couldn't match at the time was this was going to be Jalen Brunson's team. He was going to have the keys, man. And he wasn't going to have that with Luca. It's Luca's team. And that's not a knock. Luca is a superstar, but it's just the reality of the situation. Grew up a Knicks fan. Like he, you know, Look! Look at look at what it's doing for Jalen Brunson this year, um, for his popularity, his brand, and everything. Like being the guy in New York, um, you know, when you can win here and win at a high level, it it boosts everything. It it just does. Um, you know, for crying out loud, like people still talk about like Mark Messier and the Rangers. You know what I'm saying? Like that that one Stanley Cup. So. Um, I just thought, like, if you were Dallas, you could have tried to better avoid the situation. I don't know if ultimately it would have made a difference. Um, that that was my only thing there. And now, uh, because like they did trade for Kyrie, like you almost like have to resign him, or else that would look even worse if you lose him for nothing and you gave up a pick. And I know it hasn't worked to great success with Luca in terms of the win loss record. But if you look at his stats, like he's, he's putting up stats, they've just struggled defensively and they've got to build more around those guys. Um, that, that was just my stance on that overall. My last question on that is that, do you think Luca potentially asked out this off season, given like everything that's happening and what he's been saying in terms of like, you know, he even said that he doesn't even feel that can't like he had to smile or I forget the smile or joy. And the game as much. I forget what he exactly said at the post game, but it didn't seem like he was happy. Um, what, what, given what was happening in Dallas, obviously losing doesn't help that. But do you think that there's a chance that he 
you know, ask for a trade this offseason? I thought you didn't want me to talk about trades. What happened? He left. So I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> going to go with that. I guess, would he, would he, would Luca ask out? I mean, he's obviously like going to be frustrated. I think he would probably want them to try to improve on top of like getting Kyrie. They've, they've got to do better. I don't know if he would ask out for a trade yet. I think it's, it's too early to say. Um, generally in a situation like that, you got to have, you got to like take some time to like debrief. Cause like, if you, if, if you just getting like either knocked out of the playoffs in the plan or you don't even make it, you know, you're going to have all your emotions running and everything. So to me, um, I think it'll take some time and just like have talks with, with Mark and with the team, kind of see where they're at and assess it together. Um, you know. Like, I couldn't have seen them making a trade for Kyrie without, like, talking about it with Luka. That's just the way it is nowadays. Like, superstars of that caliber are are involved and, you know, kept they, they're kept tabs on what's going on. You never see – if you – you know, you never see that where a superstar at this point is, is like, left in the dark on that stuff. So he's going to be involved. Um, they're going to try to do everything they can, obviously, to, to keep him happy and try to maximize, like, his window to compete for a title. They've just got a lot of work to do. I think they tried that with the, Chris, the Christian Wood acquisition as well. Like, on paper, they thought, like, Wood and Luka would be a perfect, like, pick-and-roll combo. But, again, this is a guy that defensively leaves more to be desired. Even though he's a really uh, – he's a good talent, he can pick and pop and do a lot of things offensively, he leaves – a little bit more on that side of the ball. Last thing I'll say on that, and then I'm, I'm probably going to head on out of here, is just I think Dallas supremely overachieved last year. And by overachieving last year, I think it set unrealistic expectations in a sense. And when that happens, you then kind of get caught trying to elevate a team to that level and it's like everything was a domino effect, right? So they lose Brunson. Then it's like, okay, how are you going to replace Brunson? You can never replace him. But they tried in a way to fill the void with, okay, well, we're going to get Christian Wood. We're going to fill that offensive production. And we're going to put more onus on Luka and, and more of a usage on him uh, to create even more, which obviously they already asked him a lot to do. Then after that, it's like, all right, well, this isn't working. We still got to do more. Uh, you know, they looked around at different things. They looked around at like Boyan Bogdanovich, some other guys as well, but Detroit had a higher asking price. Obviously with the Nets, with Kyrie, his asking price was lower because he was going to be a free agent going into the summer. And they had their own turmoil, obviously in the beginning of the year with uh, sharing the documentary on his Twitter and whatnot. It, 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 there was always like a little bit of chaos, with Kyrie and the Nets this year before he got moved. So his asking price was lower for them. It was a worthwhile gamble and technically a replacement for Brunson where you could pair a guard next to Luca and Kyrie can play off the ball and shoot the ball and, and take some of that pressure off of Luka Doncic as well. So for them, they thought it was a worthwhile gamble. I know it hasn't resulted in the win loss record they want, but um, it's all been a domino effect since they lost Brunson. And, you know, I think obviously a big summer is ahead for them. They've, they've got a lot of picks that they could still move down the line in trades. And I think they're going to be very active and 
aggressive, I would say. is said they were going to be aggressive. Um, I think Dallas is going to be over the summer, but I got to actually head off anyway. But oh, it was cool to like hop in and whatnot, you know. Man, we definitely appreciate you stopping through, Mike, you know, answering questions, man. You know, you ain't have to take that time out. So, you know, we definitely appreciate that, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate you, brother. You got it, everybody. Have a wonderful night. Enjoy the win. And, yeah, man, get ready for the playoffs. It's going to be fun. Nixon six, Mike. Nixon six, Mike. You sound like that, like Brandon Jennings talking about the Bucks for a second. So you don't think it goes seven? Okay. No, I think it goes six. I think the Knicks win it in six, man. I think they're going to steal one in Cleveland, and I, I think uh, if they if they steal one in Cleveland, I think it goes hey, six. Man, just, uh, if they don't, like it goes seven. Speaking into existence, man. That's it. I'm trying, man. I'm praying every night. Every night, I'm praying Brunson shows up, Donovan Mitchell every single night. I can't wait, man. It's going to be one of the – probably the best series in the East, I think. I agree with that for sure. But no doubt. My pleasure. Have a great night, everybody. Enjoy it. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, man. Three, two, one. Yeah. Listen to new episodes of The Knicks Recap, streaming every Friday. 